Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log on to your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through. While giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free. So hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform. And the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. 
go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we're so excited to have you guys back with us this week. Um, Before we get into our awesome topic today, I just want to say thank you again for everybody that has given us such nice feedback on our podcast and has said that um, we've gotten a lot of DMs um, just letting us know that people have felt heard by what we've been saying and um, just relating to a lot of the topics we talk about. We try and talk about all different types of topics and also issues that you know you guys are having with anxiety. We really want to cover everything that you guys are struggling with. So if you um, do like what you hear, we'd love for you to rate and review and subscribe to us. It kind of helps get our podcast out to more people and raise awareness for anxiety and mental health. So we'd love um, we'd love for you to do that. And you could just do that um, on iTunes. I'm not sure if you can review and in Spotify or other um, types of podcast. Do you know? I don't know if you uh, can. You can't. You can't on Spotify. It's just like Apple. Okay. Um, so we would love for you guys to help us out. Um, and th- I just wanted to say that first and foremost. So thank you guys. And we, of course, love doing this just for all of you and to raise awareness with mental health and anxiety. So, um, But I do want to get kind of hop into today's topic right away. I know sometimes we talk a little bit before, but this is such a, a topic that I think is needed and has been requested. And I know that you have experience firsthand, Taylor. I mean, I do too, but I want to hear about your story about how you kind of help yourself when you know, you're getting into those modes and kind of dive into that. Yeah, I I was texting Allison today and I was like, I think this would be a, a good topic because I know a lot of people struggle with the feeling of a, a anxiety symptom coming on. Of course, in that moment, you don't think this is an anxiety symptom, right? Because we struggle with this is mostly for an episode for people who have health anxiety or panic disorder who feel symptoms often. And I know for me, I used to escalate that symptom so quickly because I would go from feeling a tingling in my chest to 10 minutes later needing to go to the ER. And what I learned after dealing with that for, you know, like a year or so and not helping myself at all or getting any help. And I feel like a lot of people are stuck in that that part, like the part of they have all these symptoms, they've been told it's anxiety, they've gone to the doctors, hey, you have anxiety, but they haven't done any work or they don't know where to start. And and Mm -hmm. I know that feeling so well. And there's no shame in that because I felt that way. I was like, where do I begin? Like I have anxiety, like I'm scared of everything. And now you're wanting me to like figure out, like I'm trying to figure out my life. And then you're saying I need to like one thing doesn't work for everyone. So there's therapy, medication, blah, 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 blah. Like all these things, it just feels like a freaking lot. And sometimes when you feel that way, you don't go get any help because it feels like so much. And and it's a common symptom with anxiety because you could have this whole to-do list and you don't know where to begin or you put it off because like that is a part, that is a symptom, a characteristic of anxiety is kind of uh, feeling so much at one time that you do nothing. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I used to even do that with like showering. It was just like it was a I couldn't shower. Like I was yeah. just like 
everything was too much. And so I feel like this is a good start for someone who is maybe continually going through that process of feeling a symptom and then ending up at the ER. And they're like, what the heck do I do? Like, this is getting expensive. Everybody's pissed at me. This is me talking from personal experience. Like it was like my medical bills were insane. I was me. I met my deductible like three years in a row, which is ridiculous. So, you know, like the deductible where like you pay up into a certain point and then, and I, I remember meeting that deductible and this, this thought in my head that was like, Oh my gosh, I've met the deductible. Now I should go get this test, this test, this test, because it's it's basically free. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is so sad. But um, some of the best advice was actually from a cardiologist I had. And I was kind of telling you a little bit about this, and this might help other people, but it used to like my trigger would start from like the tiniest little symptom. It wasn't even like a full-blown symptom. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it wasn't even my anxiety. It was like a normal feeling that everybody feels. Every once in a while in our day-to-day life, we feel a twinge in our chest, right? Mm -hmm. Or like Mm -hmm. a little tweak somewhere or our our left arm feels a little sore. Maybe we hit it or something. Mm -hmm. You know, like things happen, but when you have health anxiety or you struggle with the fears of any type of symptom going wrong in your body, you take that feeling and you hyper focus on it and you make it into something that it was just a simple little, you know, bump or yeah. something. I mean, yes. I remember I one time saw a bruise on my leg and was like, oh my gosh, it's cancer. Like it was just crazy um, how I've, I've had that the last like week or two because I've had like headaches and I'm like, oh, I have a brain tumor. Oh, <laughs> the amount of times I've It's gone ridiculous. There, but- I don't. I- I'm pretty sure I'm okay, but I've just been having sinus headaches. <laughs> like, I think I'm having sinus headaches. But see, that's crazy how you can say, like, you don't. Like, see, I would, I couldn't say I don't until I got that medical exam. So, like, until I got a CT scan, an MRI, I couldn't let go of that thought. It was, like, yeah. so freaking obsessive. And yeah. it just would every day... I would be so focused on that headache that I'm like, I, the only way to get relief was going to the doctor. So what I learned and the best advice that was ever told to me was I remember it was when I was focused on my heart. So I was going to the cardiologist a lot and he was like, dude, like you're good. Like you're 20. I think at that time I was like 22 or something. You're 22 years old. We've done every test we can do on you there's nothing wrong with you. And I remember like sitting there being like, but, 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 you know, like, but what about it? We we didn't do a a echo with this and this. And he's like, I'm a cardiologist. You are not. And Uh in that moment, I was like, oh. And then he was like, a true health issue, like with any part of your body, it does not come and go. And it does not just stay stagnant. It gets worse. And it doesn't just get worse. It gets worse and adds symptoms. So I like, I remember him saying that and I kind of brushed it off. And then I remember having like a heart palpitation or something. And then I just remember when I felt that heart palpitation sitting there and being like, okay, I've been to the cardiologist, check. I have checked off every freaking test that is out there. I have been checked out. So if you're listening and you've been to the doctor, you've been checked out, that is always the first step. Like if you have symptoms, don't just sit there and be like, oh, it's anxiety. Like go to the doctor, get the test done. Yeah. Um, That's your first step. So, but don't obsessively do it. Like I would, if I felt those symptoms, I would go back, you know? So it was like, we've been there already. Like we've checked that box. You can't 
You can't keep going back. That's that's a uh, unhealthy reassurance. I was looking well, for that reassurance to calm yes. me down every time, which is yes. unhealthy. And so, uh, in that moment, being like, okay, I would even like see these boxes in my head, like check, like I would check that box. I've been to the doctor. Check the next box. Okay, I have felt this way before. I have mm-hmm. felt this exact same flippy flop in my chest my heart did a little my heart's mm-hmm. on a trampoline right now it's doing a backhand spring like i feel it check i felt this before what happened the last time i felt this i felt this way i got uncomfortable i went to the er they said i was fine okay we felt this way and it passed check mm-hmm. in this moment i feel uncomfortable but i do know that this can be triggered from anxiety and stress okay what do i struggle with I struggle with anxiety and stress, right? Okay. Yeah. So if I struggle with anxiety and stress, high anxiety and high stress, what is likely to happen to me? Symptoms. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm feeling this symptom. It is so freaking uncomfortable right now, but I know that I have anxiety. I know that I have stress and I know that the more I focus on this, the worse it's going to get. And I know that I am okay. So I know that this will pass. And so going through that like checklist in my head, every time I would feel these, and this is why it's so important to journal your symptoms. Mm -hmm. Like I remember I, I remember I used to not do that. And so I would tell my parents, no, it's different this time. That was my like phrase. No, this one feels different. This feels different. Like I would always say that, but in reality, I had felt that way before you kind of like black out. When you have mm-hmm. a symptom, like, or when you well, go through like a, it's a, like the derealization or depersonalization, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you feel like you're outside of yourself. And sometimes that can pull from your memory. Like you don't really remember a lot about yeah. what happens in those moments. And that's yeah, so scary. Yeah. So you're like, this feels different this time, but in reality, you have felt this way before. Right. And so yeah. that's why going back, I remember I had a note, a note tablet in my phone, you know, the notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a fun. I had a folder where I like recorded stuff like felt heart palpitation. Uh, I'm feeling uncomfortable, but I'm not going to panic. And like mm-hmm. I would just like write to myself like these right. little like bullets. And so I remember like one time I was feeling that way and I went back and I was like, oh, my gosh, look, five months ago you felt this way. But three months ago you felt fine. Heart issues don't come and go. They get worse. And so saying that to myself and then like, yes, it does take time. If you're just now like you're brand new to anxiety, those are hard days. Like it's hard in the beginning, figuring it all out, making sure you're okay, actually going to the doctor. That's a huge thing for some people because a lot of people, they don't want to go to the doctor. That's their fear. Mm-hmm. And so getting those tests is hard. But once you get to that point where you've done all the tests and you've been there, you have to get to that point of going through the checklist in your head and not letting it. Because if you don't go through that, if I don't go through that checklist, those heart palpitations will get worse. Yeah, and I and I will end up at the ER. Yeah, well, it's so it's so interesting because you're essentially doing like a cognitive behavioral exercise in your brain. You might not know that, but that's essentially what I teach a lot of my clients: is how can you reframe the way that you're thinking about something when anxiety is trying to make you believe all of these irrational thoughts, right? Because in that moment, when those things were happening, what was the biggest thought that was scaring you the most? Like, what were you thinking the worst? I could see myself like having a heart attack and dying and no one helping me. That's And and the the thought thought was that that was going to happen and I was going to be too late and I could have prevented it by going to the ER. 
Yeah. That's always so, the thought. And and especially with – that's health anxiety specifically too. Right. The underlying fear is I'm dying. But even right. with like generalized anxiety and a lot of other anxiety disorders, you know, that gen- underlying fear is, oh my gosh, I'm dying, right? That's – that a lot of times too when you have certain physical symptoms that turn into a panic attack, right? You know, there's so much – like something's wrong. What's going on with me? I'm dying. So, and that thought is so fear-based for so many people, of course, because one, it's the most unknown thing for everybody. No one knows what happens when we leave this world. Um, And also, you know, most people, they don't want that to be happening at that moment. Um, So, you know, I, I think that's great that that's effective for you because that's really essentially what I really practice myself and what I've practiced with my clients for like 20 years is cognitive behavioral therapy. And, you know, I'm not going to, obviously, this isn't a therapy pot. Yeah. I'm not going to like clinically diagnose anyone, whatever. That's not what this is about. But I can give some tips on how to kind of de-escalate yourself by asking yourself certain questions when you do find yourself getting anxious. And a lot of, I already heard, you know, like a lot of what I'm going to say from you when you might not even know that, but you know, you know that that works for you now. And that's how powerful the brain is. It really is. And like, that's why I'm saying like, it's so powerful because if you, it's these little checklists that I like see in my head, but if I don't go through them, the brain can go wild. Like the brain can take you to a place you don't want to go, but you have the capability. And I think that's the craziest part is I didn't realize like I had the capability to change my mindset. I had the Mm -hmm. capability to get out of that situation. And I think a lot of people feel a prisoner to their anxiety. But in that moment, we truly have the capability. You have to genuinely have a conversation with your head. Like it sounds crazy, but I have conversations with myself. Yeah. Sometimes they got to be allowed. (laughs) Totally. I encourage that when I work with with, um, individuals, right? Like you're going to have this internal dialogue. um, And, you know, when you struggle with anxiety, the part of you that has that is feels literally like 10 times more powerful and loud than the other part that's rational. Right. right. So, you know, the work that I do and to help people and myself is like, how do I find a balance between, you know, my rational self and my fearful self, you know, because my fearful self is in there. I mean, we have emotions. We can't just get rid of them. Like, you know, yeah, it's feeling like anxious you- is, and just remember, feeling anxious and feeling worried protects us from dangerous situations that are actually real. I mean, that's yeah. what's helpful about it, right? But we perceive so many situations to be so scary um, and deadly that are not, right? And that's what actually creates those symptoms. Yeah. And the other thing that helped was like validating those symptoms. So like allowing Mm -hmm. yourself, not fighting them, not like wanting them to go away, but like validating them being like, okay, like, yeah, these are heart palpitations. They suck, but they're, they happen from high stress, high anxiety. Do I have high stress? Do I have high anxiety? Yes. Like I had to like, you know, I've heard people say like, oh, don't identify with anxiety. Like that'll like make it worse. And it's like, no, like that actually like help personally. That might help some people. But personally for me, it's like, okay, I know I struggle with this. So what, what, okay. A plus B equals C, right? Anxiety mm-hmm. plus 
dealing with health anxiety can create symptoms. I know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So it's like going through that in my head really helped. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So I want to kind of give you guys some um, insight on what you can ask yourself if you feel like really highly anxious. And these questions can really help sort of start rewiring the way that you think about things when you're anxious and make you feel a little bit more like you have a little bit more control. Um, so I I pulled a couple of these from a website called harvestcounselingandwellness.com. Um, really good questions. And you know, I'm going to try and get through all of them because I think that it'll help you, again, really shift just your thought pattern. So here's the first thing. Um, Ask yourself, will anything change if I worry about it? So worrying is like walking around with an umbrella waiting for it to rain. The umbrella or worry is going to get heavy, wear you out, and get in your way when you try to do productive things. So think about the thing you're worried about. If you can't fix it and change it now, then picture yourself gently sitting, setting it aside until you can fix it. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, I love that. I think that's good. Uh, yeah. The, visual, the visualization, that can really help a lot of people. Right? So, so, and that's one thing I actually use too. Like, will anything change if I worry? Honestly, first of all, we can't predict what's going to happen in five minutes, five hours, or five years, right? We just don't know. So I ask myself that. Like, I've had this like lower back pain for a year, and I got an x ray and it looked okay, but then I know there's like underlying things that they can't pick up with the x ray. Um, You know, I could spiral with what's going on, but like you said, I know that the pain comes and goes. Uh, probably, I think I have a little bit of scoliosis or something they told me. Anyway, whenever I do some yoga or I go do things differently, it feels better. So I know there's something muscular happening. I might have to get some PT. I don't know. Um, but I was really worrying for a little while of like something serious. And honestly, in my mind, I was like, well, I have a doctor's appointment. If I worry for the next three weeks before this doctor's appointment, is it going to change my outcome? No. No, literally. I can't sit here. I also have so many other things that I'm like worried about right now. It's like, I think we also like when we struggle with anxiety, I think, or people who, a lot of people who do struggle with anxiety, it's that sense of control, right? So you think that like you can fix that back pain. You can figure it out and fix it. And, and there's no time to wait on a doctor there, or this like thought that this thought process that there's no time to wait on anyone. Like I have to help myself because it can also go even deeper that like, I have to fend for myself because no one else has ever fended for me. Yeah. Like I am like, there's so much yeah. like, depth that can thoughts about why we do what we do. And I know for me, that's a big one. It's like, I feel like I always, I've always felt this my whole life too. It's like, I feel like I have to control everything or things won't be in order. So like group projects when I was younger, I almost hated group projects and would do the whole project by myself because I felt like if I didn't do it, and I didn't see everything and handle it all myself, it wouldn't get done right. Wow. And so it's like, I, I like go, you have to like go deep into those thoughts and be like, you know, sometimes you have to leave it to the professionals. I am not a cardiologist. And yeah. I remember that. So that's why that moment when that cardiologist said, I am a cardiologist, you are not. Mm-hmm. It like really hit me. He like, yeah. he like, he like put me in my chair. He said, Hey, now, 
Um, you are not. I went to school for eight plus years and yeah. I could probably never even imagine like the amount of schooling and knowledge that that guy has. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, bring, bring, <coughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. I like choked. Um, bringing myself back and realizing like, Hey, let go. You can't do it all. You are not in control of everything. You will never be in control of everything. And you can't fix this. Well, so that's it's so interesting because the second question that you should ask yourself is what can I control right now? Yes. So you, so you can't always control things that happen to you. You definitely can't control other people, but you can control yourself and how you respond. So that's another question to ask yourself when you feel those things happening. Like, what can you control right now? Like, I knew with what's going on with my back, I'm going to make a doctor's appointment, right? I'm taking control. It might not be tomorrow or the next day, but I am going to ask somebody. I'm going to figure it out. Um, And I will be, you know, I'm going to figure it out. That's what I can do right now. So I kind of like took that control back, but that is very true. Um, Another question that I ask myself, and it really, really helps me when I'm getting into these anxious moments is, am I safe right now? So you want to take notice and think about, kind of just take notice of your body, right? Like, are you breathing? Are you in danger of hurting yourself, right? Or someone else? If you feel like that's happening to you, you know, you want to go to the nearest emergency room or call 911, right? Like that's, that's the seriousness of that. But if you, if that's not happening and you ask yourself, am I actually safe? It might feel like your body's telling you you're not because your heart is racing so much or, right. Or like, um, what else is, oh, you're short of breath. Right. And that is a scary feeling or your tight gets, gets really, your throat gets really tight. Um, and those symptoms, they are real. I'm not saying they're not real because your body's responding to this this threat of something in your mind that you think is happening, even if it's if it's a perceived threat, your body's responding to it. But in that moment, you actually really are safe. The anxiety is trying to make you believe that you're not. Right. But in that moment, you are. And so that's why when we talk about like de-escalating, um, the and and so many different specialists and psychologists um will tell you that your breath is literally like finding your breath again is literally the first step of calming your heart right when that happens like your heart rate making your like feeling balanced again coming back into the present moment feeling grounded the breath is the number one thing for you that you want to try and stabilize. So um, there's so much breath. There's so many different breath work exercises that are amazing. And you want to try and incorporate that into your daily routine, like practicing five to 10 minutes of breath work every day. If you just go to YouTube and type in like breath work for anxiety, I know that um, Nicole, Dr. Nicole, who I talk about all the time, she has amazing videos on breath work. And there's so many other YouTube videos that can teach you how to actually breathe from your belly. So you're breathing from your diaphragm instead of your chest. And that's really where you get your full breaths. And that is essentially the best way to de-escalate yourself when you start having those types of symptoms is really just slowing down your breathing. It's so funny because with heart palpitations, the best thing for me was actually 
not slowing down and more so the cardiologist actually told me to do this is actually going for a slight jog. And and it felt freaking scary. But what happens is when you go for a jog, your body cannot handle a heart palpitation and keeping up with a with your respiratory rate and your higher heart rate. So when you go on that jog and getting your heart rate about 140 or higher, it actually levels out that heart palpitation so you can't have them. Your oh, body can't physically continue and have heart palpitations when it's at a high heart rate trying to keep up with your with your oxygen levels. Isn't that crazy? I was going to say that must that must be connected to also the type of breathing that happens yes, when you're Yes, cuz you're yeah, you're having to get into your your paras- breathing yeah. sequence and you're just you're you're also releasing that adrenaline in that moment. So you're like getting it all out and for me I when I would sit there and like things would be quiet and stuff and I would feel the heart palpitations, I would focus on them more. And I remember that first time I left the ER and he told me, when you get home, I want you to go for a slight jog. And I was like, frick no, man. I was like, I'm, I'm in heart failure, stage two. Like I already clinically diagnosed this at home. <laughs> no. Like, no, sir. And he's like, Taylor, whoa, you're not in heart failure. You're uh-huh. perfectly healthy. And I promise you when you get that heart rate up and you release some of those uh, adrenaline and like stress hormones, you will feel better. And I remember I did it. And my heart regulated. And I was like, what the heck? So so that's kind of – I don't know about the jogging as much, but I think that that, that speaks to – that's sort of like connected to um, like what yoga is with breathing as well. Mm-hmm. So like any kind of movement with your body but connecting the breath with it at the same time um, – definitely like activates the parasympathetic nervous system. And so, and like the vagus nerve, which is the longest nerve in the central nervous system that, that um, helps act a part of the parasympathetic nervous system. And those exercises um, and any type of movement is actually what activates that. So when you think of movement. I'm not sure about the jogging. I mean, your cardiologist said that, but I wouldn't necessarily tell someone to do that. But again, I'm not a cardiologist, so I don't I don't know the science behind that. That, that was more um, for like the heart palpitations. So regulating those. So like it gets your yeah. heart back in rhythm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would definitely suggest if you're listening, like obviously talk to a cardiologist if you feel like you're have, struggling with that. Um and talk to a doctor, obviously, about anything that you feel like you you want, you know, medical Absolutely. advice. Step this one. isn't medical advice yeah. from us. No, step one um, is get checked out. But but yeah, so so being able to regulate your breathing is honestly going to be one of the most important things you can do. And 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 it's not just about those moments when you're like, you know, at a at a level five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like regulating and breath work and regulating your breathing and doing those exercises is all about creating a routine every day. Even when you're at a lower number, you're feeling okay and you're feeling balanced. Like that's actually the most important times to do some of these exercises because you're going to retain a lot of the information and the skill that you're practicing a lot more than when you're highly anxious. So when you start, you're going to, you're going to become so much more self-aware of your body and you're going to know which exercises are really helpful for you more often. So, um, yeah. So I ask yourself, am I safe right now? That's a great one. Next one is, 
how have I successfully dealt with situations like this in the past? And you've talked a little bit about this um, today, Taylor. So think back to what's happened to you in the past. How did you deal with a similar situation? Sometimes it's helpful to consider that you've been through something worse and you made it through okay. And that you gave us a great example of that, Taylor, how that's part of your um, reframing right now when you get those symptoms is, you know, I've that's one of your check boxes, right? Like, I've had this before. I've had this happen and I've made it through. And that actually helps me too because my a lo- one of my major symptoms when I'm anxious is my stomach starts. I mean, I, I BS, my stomach goes crazy. And that is probably one of the best questions I ask myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been through this a million times. I know what I need to do. I do have, you know, different check boxes of what helps me. Sometimes it works really good. Sometimes it takes a little longer, but I always, always have made it through. Right. Um, so number five is ask yourself, who might be able to help me? So is there someone you trust that you can call and talk to that'll listen to you? A phone call to a humble, honest friend is best to talk to in order to help sort through some of these questions and some of those moments. So I love this one because everybody needs to have a support system. I think it's very important too, but you want to be careful not to become dependent on somebody else to be there when you have these symptoms because that can be a slippery slope. You know, like, oh my gosh, you know, Jenny isn't answering my call right now. I'm not going to survive because I can't talk to Jenny. You know, like that's not healthy either. (laughs) (laughs) So you definitely want to be careful of that like codependence when it comes to that. Um, I think that – being able to have a support system is huge. So ask yourself who are safe people for you, who can really, who can you talk to that will not judge you, who will really be there for you. Um, but try not to be so dependent on having them as part of your like, you know, um, just part of the, the, at the moment when you need something so bad, right? We right. have a lot of different ways to kind of help ourselves. Um Okay, so this is the next one. You can ask yourself, what's one small step I can take right now to feel better? So small steps in the right direction are better than big steps in the wrong direction. Take small steps to feel better right now. Do things that are calming and relaxing. Do things that make you feel productive or do things that help the situation, but only if you can, ha- only if you can control the situation. So I like that. Um, What's one small step I do you do you is that one of your checkboxes, Taylor? Like do you ask yourself that? Like Oh yeah, I immediately take C B D every time. And there's no shame in that. If you have to take something, nice. like there's no shame. One hundred percent. Yeah. So the C B D is something for you that's like Immediately. And I'm like, okay, I know I did that, and that's also a part of the checklist. So I'll go through all the things and I'll be like, Okay, you know, today's a little more of an anxious day, and that's mm-hmm. okay. And so like if you have to take something, no matter what it is, there's no shame in that. If that's what helps you, you're still doing the work. It's not like you're just like depending on one thing. You're still doing the work and it doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean any of that. No, not at all. Yep. One thing that I I have to do, especially again, it's this sort of like anxious slash um, pit in my stomach feeling that I know is happening to me. Um. I'll first of all do some breath work wherever I am. I'll take a little break from where I am and I'll either go use the restroom or I'll like go outside or I'll do something and do some breathing for like five minutes. 
But if I really feel like I need kind of like a timeout, I'll give myself permission to step away and either maybe I will have to reschedule some work stuff or, um, you know, if there's like something event happening, you know, I'll give myself permission to kind of say I need this time to honestly lie down and I need my heating pad on my stomach and I need to just rest. And again, you don't want that to become a slippery slope as far as like, oh, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to be in bed all day, right? That's not healthy either, like every day, all day. But every now and then I really just give myself permission to like rest and say, I just need the couple hours to just be, you know, and not be on. Uh, Okay. There are two more. Okay. So Here's another question you can ask yourself. So what's the best, worst, and most realistic scenario that is likely to play out? So think through all of the scenarios of what could possibly happen. This helps you come up with a plan on how to move forward. But don't linger too long on the worst cases and the things you can't control. Lingering on the negatives is not helpful and can worsen your anxiety. So... Do you do do you ask yourself these like what's the best that can happen what's the worst that can happen what's the most realistic cuz sometimes that question's hard to do in the moment. Yeah, um I think the the worst case scenario is always just immediately in my head. I mean, you're just like mm-hmm. I'm going to die. And so I think for me that would be focusing on what's the best case scenario which I feel like is answered in my checklist. It's like, hey, you felt this before and this will pass. Like this is just a feeling that is not going to last forever. It sucks, it's annoying but it will pass. And so just reminding yourself that this is annoying, but it's not bad. It's scary. It's not harmful is what helps me. And just like, it's going to pass. Like it's going to go away. And tomorrow I'll probably, you know, it'll be like headaches or something. Like I won't right, be on my, right, I won't be yeah. my heart. Like it's like, it's always good to remind yourself that like, Hey, been here before. Scary, not harmful. I mean, I, yeah, I love that. Totally. And you're right. I think the worst case scenarios are sort of always just like screaming at us when you have anxiety. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, that's why I'm having anxiety. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, um, I know what they are. I could literally write them Thank all down you. right now. Yeah. They're like tattooed on my brain. Uh, exactly. But the best case scenarios and the most realistic, those are the ones that I actually need to like write out more often. Yes. You know? Yes. Because that those are the ones that I just are so like quiet and I need to remember and like I I want them to be screaming at me like okay duh the best case scenario is this and what's the most realistic well that true that's you know this is more most likely true not that so and that's actually very very CBT cognitive behavioral so um that that's that's more of a question that's more of questions like that I work with over and over again with my clients and with myself is okay let's let's dissect kind of the thoughts that you're having when you're feeling anxious and when you're feeling scared and worried and let's individually look at each of those thoughts and think about okay well how realistic is that thought is it realistic what's the wh- how true is it right and right. what and in this situation really how helpful is the thought for you right because is it something you're thinking will happen in the future i mean well again you can ask yourself who knows 
right? Like I am I gonna am I gonna worry about this right now when I can't even predict what's gonna happen in the future, right? Well, is it worth worrying about? That was like the first question. Right. So um that might be something if you are seeing a therapist you wanna dive into a little bit more about the thoughts that are coming up for you and thinking about the reality of those thoughts and the best and worst outcomes and the realistic ones. That's actually one of the best questions, I think. Um, and then the last one, which is something that you talked about a lot, Taylor, and something that comes with so many people that I think in the healing community and professionals and therapists and people that work with um, like somatic therapy and um, just mindfulness, holistic-based therapies. So ask yourself, where in your body do you feel anxiety? So one of the significant things to do when you experience anxiety is to notice and pay attention to where in your body feels it the most and where it begins. So oftentimes those body sensations or aches or pains will surface before you even recognize that you're anxious. So this helps you to try to figure out what triggered the anxiety and start implementing coping tools to prevent the anxiety from kind of getting out of control. I love that. Yeah. That's so true. Because yeah. I feel like we all have like a like a spot on our body where our anxiety is the most triggering. So like for mm -hmm. me, it was like my heart, like heart fears and then also uh -huh. kind of like brain neurological. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about that question is when I work with children that have anxiety, so kids, they don't necessarily have the verbal capacity to express themselves yet. They're just still learning how to have the language to express their feelings and express, you know, what makes them feel sad or scared or worried, right? They don't really know. Their brain is still developing. They need, you know, we're not just born knowing how to talk about feelings. We actually need to learn that. And so when you think about children and how, what happens to them when they feel scared or sad, there, something happens to their body, right? A lot of times it's tummy aches. Kids get tummy aches when they're scared. And you'll just know, you know, I just remember as a kid, that was me. But um, you think about, I think about all of my friends that have kids and, you know, my niece and nephew. And, you know, if you talk to some school nurses, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, if a kid comes in with a stomach ache, something might have happened on the schoolyard. They might be in a fight with a friend. You know, there might be all these things happening in their social or academic things. And they're actually okay, but they're just feeling sad or scared. Right. And so that's the same with adults. Like we want to pay attention to those body clues. It can really help give us some idea of like what might be triggering us to feel scared or worried at that moment. Like what's our body telling us? Where are we? Who are we around? You know? And that self-awareness is what's really going to be a starting point too with helping us heal. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. So I love those. I love those questions. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's so helpful to be able to, to really just dive into your thought patterns and really recognize where your brain is so intrusive and what thoughts are just like screaming at you. That's kind of just right. how I explain it to my clients a lot is like, 
we have so many thousands, like so many thoughts a day, like thousands and thousands of thoughts a day. Sometimes you don't even know which ones are just even creating this like anxiety. Right. Because they're just so disorganized and they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm just thinking so many scary things all at once. Absolutely. Like some people are like, I wasn't even feeling anxious. And then I started having <coughs> something gets, keeps getting caught in my throat. I wasn't even feeling anxious. And then I started having these symptoms. And it's like, dude, do you know how many thoughts you're subconsciously having without even thinking about them? Like things can be just triggering all day in your head until you reach a breaking point. And so it's like if we try and sit there and focus on, okay, which thought caused this? Like we'll never know. I mean, right. Right. Yeah. Ugh, but I, I feel like I could talk about this. For, I, I love I love this. I mean, obviously CBT is like my baby. <laughs> I, that's how I that's what I practice. I know that's not for everybody. I know everybody's um anxiety is different. So everyone's treatment and healing looks different. So it might not be for you, but um, you know, research has shown that it's one of the most effective types of therapy for anxiety disorders. So um you know, if you have any questions about CBT or you want to learn more about it, feel free to D- DM me um, at The Anxiety Healer. Uh, you can also email us at theanxietychicks at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, and um, let us know if there's also any other questions you ask yourself when you're anxious that wasn't on this list. And right. maybe we can maybe we can share them in the next episode because I think, you know, Everybody could use a little bit more support <laughs> with this whole right, situation. Right. Um, but Taylor, thank you for your uh, feedback and your willingness to share your experiences all the time. That's what we're here for. We know. Um, all right, you guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, also, I didn't say this in the beginning, I should have, but you can pre order the Anxiety Healer's Guide. Um, on Amazon. You can go to the link in my bio to pre-order it. Um, If you are invested in CBT, this is a book that has hundreds of different therapeutic techniques um, and tools to help activate your parasympathetic nervous system and comes with visualization exercises, grounding exercises, breath work, meditations. Um, There's a whole chapter on how to create your own healing toolkit I love the book. I'm excited. I'm actually recording the audio portion of it in January. And I'm so nervous because I don't like listening to my voice. (laughs) But I think I appreciate you guys listening because if you're listening to this, then I guess you don't find it annoying. But everyone is more critical on themselves. Um, But yeah, so it'll be available on audio as well on Audible. Um, So yeah, go to check that out. And anything else you want to add, Taylor? Nope. I hope you guys have a great day. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them, all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and 
giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, it's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well. So go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out. And as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.